0: And welcome to another episode of Sports White Podcast. My name is Fitz Kerrigan, Christian, and we are your hosts for this podcast. This is a regular episode, so we are back with uh, my topic and Kristen's moment. But uh, check out our uh, three days of NBA free agency. Go check those out. Uh, did that over the fourth, and we're back with another regular episode, just like every other episode besides free agency. So, without thank you guys so much for the support. Uh, we're going to keep doing episodes. Uh, obviously, we're busy with summer plans, but going to try to get you as much episodes as we can. Check out uh, NBA Free Agency Days 1, 2, and 3 if you want to. Um, but let's get started with JFK's Top of the Day. So for JFK's Top of the Day, we talked a couple weeks ago about the rookie L.A. de la Cruz of the St. Louis Cardinals, I believe. Yes. No, it's the Reds. It's the Reds. My the Reds, both red. My bad. Ugh. To me, um, but with like, we talked a couple weeks ago about him having a cycle, which is second, or no, a a double, a triple, a single, and a home run. So a couple days ago against the Brewers in Wisconsin, he had the most out, the most amazing sequence in, and what I mean by that is. Well, baseball fans are like, what is he talking about? But um, what I mean by that is he got a base hit or a walk. But he was on on first. He was on first. Stole second base, was there. Stole third base, was there. And then stole home. Stealing home is very hard to do. So that is more impressive than anything. But it's kind of cool that stole second, third, and home all in one base running. I mean, that's kind of cool. I don't remember the last time that was done. So, I, th- I mean, Christian, we don't really talk a lot about baseball, but how hard do you think it is to steal home?
1: Well, you have to be really lucky. In his case, you said that it was a wild pitch, mm-hmm. which in the majors, often pitchers don't have as many wild pitches because um, they're professionals at that- and are really good at what they do, but um, yeah, and it's even 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 much even harder if the catcher actually does get the ball because sometimes you can try to steal home with a catcher has the ball and you have to like run through them and try to make him drop it. That's even harder but mm-hmm. or catch them sleeping, I guess maybe like after they throw it back to the pitch or something. but yeah, um, but yeah, wild pitches. They happen a couple times a game, but usually the pitchers are a little more uh, careful when there's, like, a runner on third. But, yeah.
0: Yeah, usually because – especially
1: because a lot
0: of – like, most pitchers in the MLB are right-handers. So, with right-hander on the mound, you just got to look straight in front of you, and third base is right there, instead of having to turn around to look at first base to see if anybody's stealing. So definitely, uh, it's, I think stealing, stealing second is probably the most common base that people steal. Yeah. Home is probably, uh, the hardest because in order for that to be done, a base hit sends you home. That's an RBI, but you got to have like a really wild, wild pitch in order to come home. So I think it's pretty cool. Uh, Obviously, I don't watch a lot of baseball, as you, as you baseball fans can tell. But pretty cool to happen. I mean, that's just the second time that we've talked about him on this podcast. We haven't even talked about baseball
1: on this podcast. So uh, that 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 wraps up JFK's topic of the day. Okay, now time for Mott's moment. Bob Huggins. It's going to be about Bob Huggins, the West Virginia former West Virginia coach who Fitz reported had resigned a couple podcasts ago. Due to a DUI, Uh, he also had uh, an another incident, controversial incident, where I think he used a slur when uh, in a press conference or something. But now Huggins Huggins is uh, demanding to be reinstated as the head coach for West Virginia, and denies uh, uh, and retracts his resignation, which is you know just a bit of news it's interesting i don't think anything's going to change i think whether he resigns or he gets fired uh either way he's not going to be the head coach of west virginia basketball next year as they've already uh um insta- in, uh, instated uh or they've already put in place uh a uh what's it called um a, interim. interim interim head coach so yeah. I mean, I find
0: it like I didn't hear about the slurring. Yeah. I just heard about he got arrested. I think it was he got arrested for DUI in Pittsburgh and then the next day he resigned. It's kind of shocking that I mean, I as soon as I saw that he got arrested for DUI. I'm like, oh, he's gonna resign because, like, it's like, like that's too much to handle. That can ruin a coach's career, and he resigned. But this coming back, it's a little, it's a little suspicious in the way that he's trying to save his coaching career, without looking, without looking bad. In my opinion, I mean, it's kind of, in a way, it's kind of ridiculous. Just mm-hmm. in the fact of, like, he's keep, trying to keep him guessing about, like, what his next step. Because, like, now, with this news coming back, you don't know what his next step is. I mean, he got arrested for DUI in Pittsburgh, then resigned. Now he's coming back. People can't trust him. What is he going to do next? People can't trust him. Yeah. And that can ruin a coach's career. Versus just a DUI. And it's not him doing anything bad as a coach. It's him messing up his personal life. So, to me, that's a little bit confusing. And he's kind of running off the rails in a way. Yeah. So. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: All right. Does that wrap up your moment? Yeah. All right. Uh, now let's stay, I kind of want to stay on the topic of basketball, and what better way to do it than Summer League. Summer League started, so this podcast probably come out tomorrow, July 10th, and with let's talk in July 10th uh, scenario. It J- started three days ago on July 7th in Las Vegas, all 30 teams coming out to compete, rookies, second year players, people just wanting a shot. So I want to talk about Jabari Smith Jr. I saw something that he said in a um, in an interview, and he was asked why he was asked why are you playing summer league this year? And you know what he said? I'm young. I'm 20 years old. Didn't have the best rookie year, and just wanted to get reps. What better timing than to have a game-winning buzzer-beater the first day in summer league to open up? Your summer league schedule. That's pretty sweet. So, uh, the play was it was there. Point six seconds left on the clock. Portland was up by two. Terry Eason just put. Uh, he kind of threw like a hook rainbow pass. Did you see the play?
1: Yeah, that was an excellent pass.
0: Kind of a hook rainbow pass. I mean, you gotta with point six seconds left. There's no time for a dribble. That's just a catch and shoot but it's got to be a really quick catch and shoot. It's got to be something towards the basket. You got to put that ball. If you're Terry Easton, you got to put Terry Easton. You got to put the ball in the right spot in order for Smith to just catch it and shoot. Like there's no, there's not really even time for a turn. You just got to look, you just got to like catch it straight in front of you and just throw something up at the basket in 0.6 seconds. And he got that done. I give him a lot of credit and dapped up KJ Martin afterward. Uh, so I mean that's that's kind of cool to see, just to like have the young guys get their moment in summer league. Yes. So I mean that's pretty cool. What do you what do you think of the play?
1: Yeah, like I just said, that was an excellent pass. The defender was out of position. He let Jabari Smith get behind him, and Jabari Smith hit a real tough, off-balanced, off-platform shot, and. Nothing, nothing but it went straight in. It may, I probably hit rim a little bit, but like, well, it good went straight in. Good awareness of Jabari to
0: make sure he was, make, I mean, make sure he was behind that three point line because he easily could have caught it and his foot could, feet could have been on the line and it would have been overtime. But he made sure he was behind that line. He made sure he was well behind that line, caught it where he was be- behind the line and just let it go and knocked it down. Big time shot by, a, uh, Pretty good uprising player. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm excited to see what he can do. And I want to stay on the topic of Jabari Smith Jr. Because he had an amazing game against Detroit today. He led them to uh, – led them. To, he had a really – he had a great game. Awesome thing that said he had 72 points, 71 points. In the last, in the first two games of summer league, that's just insane. Those are insane numbers, and his Rockets beat the Pistons one thirteen to one. Jabari had thirty eight points overall, and twenty of them were in the first half. Yeah, Jabari Smith is on another level right now.
1: Like yeah, he's just really, getting reps, and good for it him. Works showing right now,
0: yeah. I mean, like, just talk about like making a name for yourself. Yeah. So I'm, um, and then they play, and then the Rockets they play again. Uh, they have two they have two days off before they play again on Wednesday. Um, they they play they play again. They play again on Thursday against the Warriors. So that should be a good game. Or, no, actually, they play Tuesday against the Thunder. They got uh, the 10th off, and they'll play Tuesday against the Thunder, and then Thursday against the Warriors. So I think it's great for those. I mean, the Christian rising team. I think with, I mean, Amen Thompson, he. Sprained his ankle so he'll be out for the rest of summer league that kind of hurts for them a little bit as a team with a young with a young group but th- this team's really sticking together Have you been impressed by the rockets and jabari Smith especially of what they've been able to do in these first two games?
1: yeah I think jabari Smith like i said is he's really showing that he he's getting better putting that work the, the this is kind of uh, these are performances that you would expect in a any young star that has aspirations to be like a franchise player or real good, he should be dominating in these games against guys that aren't really NBA players. And uh, he's definitely showing – he's coming out and showing it uh, back-to-back games. He didn't let the high highs of the emotions of the game-winner – Get the best of him and influence how how he played the second game. He still went out, and did his thing. Uh, probably, I think he had even more points the second game. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think I think right now he's he's showing everything that he should be in terms of a uh, a path that he uh, of a potential All Star that I'm sure he would like to reach, and I think. Yeah, the future just, just looks so much better for him.
0: Yeah, I do too. This team, this is really, they're really impressing me. I mean, their rookie, Amen Thompson, was impressive in what he played, with the games that he played in. But I think that this is a team that sticks together. I mean, you saw what they did today without him. Like, they can, they can play. I mean, this Rockets team is going to be – they got a great young core, and I think their coach is doing a really good job with them. I mean, yeah, I think – Another the lo- name I'd the like losses. to
1: mention. Another name I'd like to mention, Cam Whitmer. He yes. is the first game, the 20th pick, the guy who dropped all the way to number 20, the Rockets got in the steal. The first game he had looked uh, – he didn't put up the best numbers, but in the second game, 29 minutes, he had 21 points. was very efficient, 9 for 16 from the field. Three first seven from three-point land, two assists. So I just think it's a great back, bounce-back game. Or this is a type of game that will give them great confidence. I think for, for the rest of summer league and uh, toward as that they start to get prepared for the start of the season.
0: Fix some of these teams that didn't have the best years last year are coming out firing in summer league because they should come out with the mentality with, like, we have nothing to lose. Like, we, they got great young – a lot of them have great young cores, great uprising stars coming in their future. And they they should be – they said the motto, like, we have nothing to lose. Like let's, like, let's put everything out on the line in order to get this done. And I think the Rockets, they've been really impressive. Like, this first game against Portland, I think they kind of like, – I mean – Obviously, they got lucky because you try that, like you try that Jabari Smith one uh, t- t- How how many times out of a hundred you might get that? You might get that five times. I mean, that's just how lucky that play was. But they really impressed me today with their play without Amen Thompson. I think this will be a big loss for them in the future. But right now, they're playing really well. Camp Whitmore is playing really well. Jabari Smith is playing really well. A lot of guys are stepping up in place of men Thompson. Yeah. Uh now I want to talk about the Bucks because the Bucks have been really impressive in their first two uh summer league games and the reason for that is because they have Taco Fall. No. I'm just, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um yes, they have Taco Fall, but the main reason has been the play of Marjon Beauchamp. Marjon Beauchamp. And um he's really been their guy for the Bucks. I mean, game against Denver, he put up. He had 23 points, was nine of, nine of 18 from the field. And he was just, he was just like, like a guy. He was their offense. I mean, the Bucks ended the third quarter on a th- 16-2 run, leading into the fourth. And they just, they, they just grabbed that game by the throat and never looked back. I mean, they just—they were in control. They had the lead the whole time, and they looked like they were playing. They were playing really good basketball in the fourth. I mean, Andre Jackson Jr., our draft pick out of UConn, was playing amazingly well on the defensive end. He had two back-to-back blocks on Peyton Watson. Um, the second one was probably good more in summer. Just, yeah, second one was more impressive because it was. Walking behind, but besides the point, we have a great young. We have a great young group. Bochamp is finally getting a shot. Played all right this year. He's really turning into that superstar for the Bucks. He's turning into that superstar. Summer that, league summer superstar. League. Yeah, yeah, summer league superstar. And I think I think uh, Coach Griffin is coaching summer league. Our our new coach Adrian Griffin is coaching summer league. I think that's a great decision because he's getting a feel of what the new what the squad is gonna look like this year because first year coach um don't really have a good feel of it. he's coached before, but he's never been a head coach anywhere. He's just trying to get a feel of it i what do you have to lose like coaching summer league that's does not that it's not gonna derail you it's just gonna make you feel like you're gonna be get like get a feel of the system that's going to be happening this year in Milwaukee. So, I think it's great that he's coaching. Marjon Beauchamp is a really great player and he played like it against Denver and I mean Phoenix he played I mean the Phoenix he played he yeah, 20 points, 7 of th- I mean, he had an all-right game. And then our other pick, Chris Livingston, he had 10 points and Taco Fall also had 10 points. He had some players with, uh, Marjan Bochamp a little bit.
1: hmm
0: Um, so I'm excited to see how this Bucks team does. You want to talk about the Clippers at all?
1: I mean, I haven't even been paying attention to their summer league team. I'll see. I just want to see how their rookie is doing. Did they even play today? They didn't even play today.
0: No, they didn't play today.
1: They played Saturday they against played the Jazz. Yeah. Red hot. They They've been going against.
0: They lost
1: 105.99. They're going against red hot Keontae George. Utah Jazzy. He had 33 points against us. I don't know. Oh uh, shit! I can't. I can't even remember who our, who we drafted. Someone from Missouri. Let's oh see how he did. Kobe Brown. Okay, we got Kobe Brown. He had 11 Uh points. uh, Four for 11 uh, from the field. One for four from three. Nine rebounds. Two assists. They did all right. Okay. And then we got Jordan Miller from Miami who he had 12 points. Five from 10 from the field. Two for four from three. So, not too bad. Those are developmental guys. Those aren't going to be guys that are going to shine right away. Uh, they're going to be fighting for smaller rotations on our team where we have a pretty deep team, I'd say. So there's not a lot of open spots, but uh, as long as they just keep improving over the summer league and throughout the season, uh, they'll hopefully get their chance on the court to show, to show out and hopefully improve. For sure. I think
0: the Clippers – th- but I, I want to talk about the Clippers – More than just the summer league. Because I think a lot of. I heard something today. I saw something today that said if the Clippers don't win a championship this year, they got to break George and Kawhi Leonard. Do you think that's. uh, Do you think that is necessary? Or do you think that's like, oh, that's, that's. That's
1: a little over the top? I mean, that makes sense. They're only getting older. We haven't really gotten. The Kawhi that we've expected, Paul George like, isn't a number one guy that's going to carry carry us if Paul, if Kawhi gets hurt or something. So he is. And, what?
0: He is. He hurt his knee against. His I know. Son, I'm saying he's the not playoffs. the guy
1: that's going to carry us like deep in the playoffs if Kawhi gets hurt. Like he's not like that type of guy. He's a good mm-hmm. complementary piece. Um, and like both of them have not reached the all-star game in a couple of years. So their no. value is only decreasing. They still have some value to teams that are, uh, desperate, I, I would say, to make the playoffs. Yeah, and, I mean, if, we, if things don't work out this year, then I'm sure there'd be a couple teams that would willing to take a chance on one of those guys and give some decent value back. After all, we've given up both of those players. Mm-hmm
0: worth it. Like I know that other teams, if this doesn't work, other teams would probably look to get both your superstars. But do you think that? But do you think uh, the Clippers general manager is thinking right now? Okay, this is time to blow it up.
1: I mean, I don't know what Steve Ballmer's thinking because it looks like half the time he doesn't know what the hell he's doing. So
0: yeah, because he's oh, wait, building a new. I don't GM. even know
1: who our GM is.
0: I know, um, because he's building a brand new arena. And he's focused on
1: toilets and yeah, journals. he likes all the toilets in there. Yeah,
0: that's that's a, that's, a, that's really
1: weird. I mean, yeah, well, I don't even know who our GM is, but he's. Done but all right. do you think it's, said, so? You're
0: saying so? You're saying if this doesn't, if this year doesn't work, that they should break up the team.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't be mad about like possibly, like, trading Kawhi or something like that. Maybe not both, but, like, maybe.
0: So you think it's It's championship
1: or bust? I mean, I think it would be, like, make it past the first round or bust.
0: Okay. We need to see they make. Do you think if they make it to the Western Conference Finals and they should keep the team together?
1: Yeah, maybe another extra year or something. Okay. Yeah, I like what
0: you're thinking with that. Um Yeah. All right. I want to talk about the Hornets and Brandon Miller. Because Summer League, if you for those of you who don't know Summer League, it's a little bit the rules are a little bit different than regular NBA. Summer League players get 10 fouls. 10 fouls and been a couple yeah. of people that have fouled out of games. Really? And Yes, in summer league, and one of them on that list might. hear me out. All all you Brandon Miller fans, just hear me out before you start before you start jabbing at me. Um, Brandon Miller, his first game, he had seven fouls. Second game, he had eight fouls. That's a lot of. Lot of fouls. I mean, that's good. De- that's like that's being aggressive over.
1: Well, like, and he's a not been known for being aggressive
0: defense. and over aggressive.
1: What he's not been known for? He's more of an offensive guy, and it's showing. No, he's been better at offense than defense. That's mm-hmm. why he's fouling so much. Yeah, I think that.
0: I mean, it'd be if he gets on that list. That'd be funny. I mean, I don't think it's gonna happen. Yeah, I don't think he's that dumb enough to get on that list. But I mean, who knows? We get shock, shocks in the NBA all the time. Mm-hmm. Let's let's talk let's talk about one right now. The in season tournament, in season tournament. Christian, what are your thoughts about the in season tournament?
1: I'm not. I don't even fully
0: understand it. Could you describe it to me? Neither do I. I'm not a I'm not totally understanding it. Richard Jefferson explained it. I saw a Richard Jefferson video where he explained it, but it made no sense. And honestly, I think it's kind of stupid. Because it's like, it's taking away from games. Like, people go to games. I always go to the Bucks suns game when they play in Phoenix. What if that game doesn't come around this year because of the tournament? It's really going to make me... Really, gonna make me mad. Like these games, some of these, this in season tournament games. I mean, it's one thing if it's like, okay, this doesn't count as games. This is just like a tournament. And like, this is like a tournament, like right after Summer League. No, that's mm-hmm. the tournament. The tournament is Summer League. This whole in season tournament thing, I think it's gonna be a terrible idea. So basically, it's three. So there's two conferences in the NBA. There's three, there's three groups per conference. It starts November third, the day before I turn seventeen. How great! Um, and it'll be every Tuesday and Friday. And the group A of uh, I'll I'll list the teams and the order. Um, group A, we got the Memphis Grizzlies, the Phoenix Suns. The Los, the Los Angeles Lakers, the Utah Jazz, and the Portland Trailblazers. So, uh, overall thoughts on that, Christian. In terms of what? Just like the teams in it, and how do you think the competition will be
1: for the seeds and tournament?
0: Yeah, those five I mean, teams. Do you think it'll be competitive, or is it just like one team has a clear edge than the others?
1: I mean, I think it might be competitive because do, how many games is the tournament?
0: Um, I'm not totally sure. It's over December 9th. Ni- it the championship game is in Vegas, December ninth, so it's like
1: over a month. Well, depending on how many games elimination or whatever it is. Yeah, it's, I think it's
0: uh, once so there's a round where it's like you lose you're still in, and then there's a round where it's like single elimination, win or go home. It's like game seven, field win or go home.
1: Well, yeah. In those sort of circumstances, I feel like it's pretty even because any team in the NBA could win against another team. Obviously, sometimes it's a big upset or, or, or something like that. Um, as we saw, like the Rockets, they beat like the Celtics in the regular season. I remember that was a really big deal. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so when, when it's like only like single or double elimination that really makes the playing field a little bit more even because everyone in the NBA is so talented and someone, some random could just go and go off for like 20 or 30 and really help the the team uh, win a game like that. So yeah, I'd say it's, it it helps make it even. All right. I'm
0: gonna list off the teams in group B. We got the defending champion next season and the Denver Nuggets. Your, Los Angeles Clippers, the New Orleans Pelicans, the Dallas Mavericks, and the Houston Rockets. (laughs) Overall thoughts?
1: Yeah, I think um, Clippers and Nuggets are definitely the two favorites in that league. Like I said with Group A, same thing still applies. Rockets, they've been looking good in the summer league. they got some new young players that could really make some noise in this season and the Mavericks did a decent a decent job um, in before Kyrie. building around Luca this offseason. So we'll see.
0: Yeah, they also did a great job before Kyrie. Um, all right, Group C, the Sacramento Kings, the Golden State Warriors, the Minnesota Timberwolves, the Oklahoma City Thunder, and Victor Wembanyama and the San Antonio Spurs.
1: Christian? I mean the King, Kings look like they're the dominant team in that group, but and that there's a lot of young and developing teams. ones, so I mean
0: I, and the Warriors have just always been like hanging around
1: yeah. that area too. So. so I think the Warriors will probably also be Oh wait, Warriors are in that group too? Mm-hmm. Okay, so that, that could be interesting if the Warriors and Kings play each other because yeah, they going were, back. they just came off of a big series.
0: Oh, that was an amazing series. Steph Curry, 50 points in game seven. Are you kidding me? One of the best performances. Probably one of the best performances to go down. Um, and I'll, All right, so that wraps up the Western Conference. Now let's move on to the Eastern Conference. In group A, we got the Philadelphia 76ers, the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Atlanta Hawks, the Indiana Pacers, and the Detroit Pistons. Christian, right now it looks like the obvious favorite is Philadelphia, just because some of their history. Atlanta and Cleveland, I feel like are up there. Cleveland is coming off a great season. They've reached they reached the playoffs without LeBron James for the first time since nineteen ninety-seven. So I think that ha- Cleveland has all the confidence of the world. They should go in this uh, see, uh, tournament with like the mentality: we have nothing to lose. We had a great year last year. We we can have a better, we can have a b- much better year this year. We just gotta play together, and uh, we just gotta play strong and play together. So I think Philadelphia is the obvious favorite right now, but Cleveland and Atlanta are definitely hanging around there. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I think Cleveland. <clears throat> Uh, they got a great core together. I can see the, the team that they're building, and it looks promising. Uh, they, just weren't, they just collapsed in the playoffs. I think that if they would have all played to their potential and played together and their stars showed up, I think they should have beat the Knicks. But that's here nor there. I think I just what I'm trying to say is I think they're a really talented team that on paper should be able to beat anyone. The 76ers, you make a good point. They're a great team. We still don't know what's going to happen with Harden. If he's going to stay with the team, if he's going to be a distraction, that could possibly probably this year. with all the trades talks going on. Whether or not Harden wants to be traded, he hasn't really made it clear. Um, and, you know, Joel Embiid is coming off a, a season where he shined in the regular season, but in the postseason he didn't.
0: Well, I would like to.
1: I, I would like to say in the postseason he did all right. He didn't play MVP caliber, but he's also battling injuries throughout the postseason. I know. Which I you would have to give him some credit for. And
0: Harden really only did stuff in the in two of the, really two of the games.
1: Yeah, Harden did pretty good. I just think... Harden's
0: inconsistent. Houston Harden was just like, remember the like I don't know if you remember, but there was like thirty, there was like thirty two games in a row. In Houston, where he had at least 30 points.
1: Well, that was also when he could basically hack the free throw line and he could get it whenever he wants. Just by
0: now, and I like to, I want to take back what you said about him leaving. And yes, he requested a trade from Philly. Yeah. Yeah. He has more trade requests since 2000 than any other play. Yep. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. That's not a stat to be proud of. All right. I'm going to list off um, the Eastern Conference B, and I think my Milwaukee Bucks have probably the best chance of winning this. So obviously, my Milwaukee Bucks, the New York Knicks, the Miami Heat, the Washington Wizards, and the Charlotte Hornets.
1: This is a pretty tough group.
0: I mean, right now, and it, I. Uh, Christian, I heard all seating is also going to go about their regular season records last year. So I think the Bucks, if that's the case, they definitely got a better chance with uh, home court advantage. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, well, my Miami was seven, but they lost in the plane to Atlanta, so they slipped down to eight. New York was five, and then the Wizards and the Hornets were just—I mean, they were be- terrible. Look at—I mean, Charlotte. Look no further. Charlotte had the number two pick. Milwaukee, so their Milwaukee. star player her. yeah, yeah, I get, yeah, a little bit. Milwaukee had the best record in the league last year, so I think they definitely got a good shot in that group. And then the final group will be the Boston Celtics, the Brooklyn Nets, the Toronto Raptors, Chicago Bulls, and Paolo Bancaro and the Orlando Magic. So I think I think that's a good group. I think Boston right now is obviously – I mean, Brooklyn was hanging around last year. I think they'll be really good in this just because they're having those guys together at the start of the season instead of bringing uh, Dinwiddie and Finney Smith in from Dallas and then Bridges and Cameron Johnson from Phoenix. They all have them at the beginning of the season. They're all developing. I think that Brooklyn team is going to be really tough to beat in this in this tournament. Yeah. So I'm, exci- I'm excited to see how the tournament play- pans out, but I'm not a big fan of the tournament
1: itself. I don't think it's the best because – Wait, did they count as regular season like, wins and losses? Yes. Oh, no. That's stupid. That's really stupid.
0: <laughs> All right, now I want to talk about Victor Wembenyama, Wim- Victor and then we'll talk a little bit of baseball. Okay. Victor Wempiyama did not have the best did not have the best opening summer league game I mean I don't I don't totally I don't blame him because I mean the kid is he's nineteen years old christian and he's playing hit he, he's playing in front of like a ton of people his first game and like with like u s rules I mean he played he's he grew up he's been in France for pretty much his now he's coming over to the States and playing the NBA. That's a different kind of basketball versus overseas.
1: So Well, it's just all, a new I culture, mean, too. He doesn't yeah, know many people. I mean, he's in a new, new country. He
0: doesn't, doesn't really know any people. Different part of the world. I mean, he tra- traveled across the whole world, Christian, to be here. He did not have the best performance, but he about that in a bit. But I think it, it's really important for him to play well. I mean, he's this overhyped – I mean, he's this hyped – superstar. He's a one-in-a-generational talent. I mean, he's really good. So, yeah. I think he's just got to live up to it. And today, he lived up to it. The first game, he did not really live up to it, but, I mean, it's his first game, kind of getting a feeling of what NBA is going to look like. And I, th- I don't blame him. Nine points. I mean, yeah. Nine points. Two of 13 from the field. One of six from three. I think he was just eight rebounds, just a little nervous. And today he played a much better game. We'll talk about – again, we'll talk about that in in just a quick second. But, Christian, what do you think – what did you take away from Victor Wimbenyama's uh, Summer League debut?
1: Yeah, I think I didn't watch the game – or this the debut. I watched a good amount. I mean, at least the second half. It just seemed like he wasn't as comfortable. He – Uh, Wasn't spacing the floor as well as he probably could have, Um, and it just seemed like he wasn't as like I don't know locked in. I feel like he was getting pushed around a little bit when he'd get the ball. He wasn't like being as physical as he probably needed to be, Um, and I think he was just not being not being as aggressive at times. I think he took I know he took a good amount of shots, so on paper it looks like he's being aggressive, but. He took a lot of jump shots. He wasn't really getting into the pain as much. And he just, it just wasn't a good day for him as like he uh, he missed some layups I saw, which, you mm-hmm. know, it's pretty, it's pretty unusual for a seven foot three man to miss a layup. It wasn't at the end of the game. So, you know, it didn't really Yeah, a little bit. I mean, much. there's all- nerves. Yeah, you definitely, you could definitely see he had some nerves. Um, he wasn't playing like himself. He was passing the ball a lot, but in the second game, it seemed he had zero assists. He was he's being a little more aggressive. Um, his shots were falling early, which was different in the first game. He was it. It was difficult. It took a while for him to make his first shot, and I think he he was definitely getting into the paint a little more, using that size and being a little more physical. I I do want to give
0: uh, a quick shout out to Julian. Champagne last name champagne, um, yeah, good, thank you. Um, thank you. Um, he had 20 points and seven of 15 from the field. I did you see that dunk he had?
1: Yeah, the poster was crazy. That
0: was nasty. That was really, that was really nasty. So, that was uh, two of his 20 finished with 20. They won by eight, so I think he contributed a big part. I mean, he was just. I mean, he was, as you could see with that poster dunk, he was just get he was being, and he had four threes. So definitely kept San Antonio in charge of that win. So uh, good for him and glad they got the win. Now I want to, I want to quick talk about the game to San Antonio had today. They lost to Portland 85, 80. did not play for the uh, trailblazers after exiting Friday's game against the Rockets with what appeared like a, uh, a shoulder, no, no, no timeline return. But the Rockets won. The Rockets had a great, great performance today. Out of uh, Michael Devoe, he had twenty nine points and was ten of seventeen from the field. Not bad. And Victor Wembanyama had a much better game today. He had twelve mm-hmm. rebounds. He did have no assists, but he was nine of fourteen from the field and two or four from the uh, three Christian. I didn't watch the it looked like he was more comfortable out there. Yeah. Even though they lost the game, he definitely looked like he's more comfortable out there. He he should be uh team should worry about the Spurs for the rest of the summer league. I think he's going to be really good. For the, um, you know, the first game, the first game always makes you nervous. So I think these next couple of games are going to be really important for them. Because I mean they're such a young team, they're not number one picks. see how that turns out and I mean I think it's really I think it's really it's gonna uh, live up to the call mm-hmm. So I'm excited to see what direction that goes um, any you have any thoughts about how Victor played today?
1: Yeah, I think um. The Spurs, they got a great experienced coaching staff over there, I think. Um, probably a big difference between the first and the second game. He was able to watch his mistakes, see what he did wrong, get coached up by some of the best coaches. Greg Popovich knows what he's doing. He's been coaching Tim Duncan and all that stuff. Um, so I think uh, I think wembanyama he's got all the room to make as much mistakes as he as he wants. At least in this these first couple of years, because he's going to get coached up and uh, he's going to be able to fix those mistakes by some of the best coaches um, in the NBA. And I think this is this is one of the best places that he could have gone to, like a, a coaching staff that really is experienced and knows what's doing. And I think even though like in the first game he didn't look like he knew what he's doing as much, I think as he can continues to develop and gain his confidence and. Uh, understand that the team he's going to be the center of the team and I mean the centerpiece of the team I think he, he's going to turn into a monster.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, I think this is just the beginning. Yeah. Alright, now I want to talk about baseball before we wrap it up. I want to talk about the Angels because they started out I mean they started out pretty pretty good pretty good record and then Mike Ch- Shohei Otani went down and out with a wrist injury and I, they really kind of fall down but they kind of picked it back up they're 40 they're just a game below 500 going into the going into the All-Star break so i think that it's a bit it's big because they were 37 and 44 just like a week ago they really improved when winning um wait, yeah, eight of the last ten games that they had. So really impressive by the Angels kind of turning it around. Shohei Otani played uh, well today. Uh, they're going to be an all-star in Seattle on Tuesday. So I think it's just – it's great for Angels kind of turning it around. It was a little rough. um, Just – it was a little bit rough, but – I think that the Angels are turning it around. I think after this All-Star break, they'll be better. I can see how it goes. So, just got to wait and see. But um, the main attraction to me has been the Arizona Diamondbacks. They've, they've played really well um, since April. I mean, they were struggling a little bit to begin the season, but they, they really turned it around. And going into the All Star break, nobody would have thought of this. They have a fifty two and thirty nine record. That is not a bad record at all. They're a great record, and they, I mean, they started out the season, started out the season a little bit rough, but to turn it around, and they really have turned it around. To be honest, I think this is a great step. I mean, and they've been bad for so many years. Like Kristen, they've been bad for a lot of years. So I think this is just—I think this is a great step in the right. For yeah. them. I'm excited to see where they I'm excited to see where they go with it. Just gotta wait. And I mean, playoff time comes around. They got they got a lot of young talent. They got Corbin Carroll, um, the rookie, and um, who plays in the outfield. So I think we – and he had a walk, he had a walk off yesterday against the Padres. So I think he yeah, definitely, really good. yeah, they definitely need to on him. They definitely need to build around him. That'd be um, a much needed thing going
1: into this offseason. Yeah, he he's kind of the best player we've had since Paul Goldschmidt. Um, yeah,
0: since Goldie, it's kind of been. This is like the best – yeah, like Christian just said, it's been the best player since Paul Goldschmidt probably. I mean, they've just been that, just been rolling. And Arizona's getting really excited about it. I mean, the baseball team has been terrible for – they were – I mean, they were they were really dog Last year they were all right. And then this year they just really turned it up a notch. Got some free agents. They signed Gurriel from Toronto. Got Corbin Carroll called up to the majors and they've just been really ringing the bell and proving that they belong and for a good reason. I mean, this is, a great, this is a great team. They're young, and they have so much future ahead of them, which is making it so exciting to see what they're going to do next. Yeah. So, um, do you have anything you want to add? Nope. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Again, we're going to try and get more episodes to you guys in the future. And... Just check out some of our other episodes. we got Denver wins it all and all three NBA, all three days of NBA free agency. Check those out if you haven't checked it out already. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll try to get more episodes to you guys as soon as possible. Uh, I'm Fitz Kerrigan. Chris Mott. We'll see you on the next one. Yep. See ya.